0: This is the Iliac Suite, a podcast on AI-driven music. Join me as we dive into the ever-evolving world of AI-generated music, where algorithms become the composers and machines become the virtuosos. Yes, this music and text was written by a computer, and I am not real, but...
1: I am and my name is Dennis Kastrup. Hello, humans. Here we are again, welcome to another episode of the iliac Suite. How are you all doing? Still keeping pace of what's going on in the world of AI? It has been a wild ride since 2022 when mid-journey shocked us all and ChatGPT came and said hello, I am your best buddy now this speed is crazy. Also in the world of music, I'm honest with you, I'm currently working on a big article about AI and music for a German organization. There are so many subjects to cover that I always have the feeling once I open a door, another door appears on the horizon. It is a never-ending story. Sing it, Freddy.
0: Rise the gift secret
1: Sorry, I'm a kid of the 80s. I loved this film with Bastian Balthazar books and his white dragon Falkor. Music like this brings back memories, even if it was the AI version of Freddie Mercury and not the original one of Limahl. Talking about never-ending story, one thing that crossed my way in the last years every time I talk about AI and music is the question is it an infringement of copyrights when an ai learns with data that comes from music the big companies say no the artists of course say yes and as the governments and courtrooms will probably take years to answer this question we stay in the gray zone One man did not want to continue like this at Newton Rex. Last year, he left Stability AI, whose AI can be used to generate music, among other things. And he left it with the argument that these companies steal too much from artists by using their data without paying them. Now, he has launched Fairly Trained to counteract this, a platform on which companies get a license for datasets, in which only fair used music is taken. We will dive into this today here in the Iliaac suite, I talked with Ed about that a couple of weeks ago and wanted to know from him how the idea for fairly trained came up.
2: This idea came about pretty soon after I left uh, my previous job which was as VP of audio at stability AI. Um, I left that job because I disagreed with the with the generative AI industry's stance on training on copyrighted work without consent. Um, and I got a little bit of, bit of press around the fact that I left, which was uh, really very surprising and a little bit weird. Um, but what it meant was that I ended up having a lot of conversations about this with a lot of people. And in particular, I spoke to a number of journalists who were sort of asking me, okay, if you're saying there are ways of training models that are more ethical, where are they, which are they? And on the other side of things, I was talking to a lot of AI companies who got in touch with me and said, "You know, we're really glad you're saying what you're saying, because this is the approach we take. We take a fairer approach to training models. And it really struck me that it would be quite easy and and hopefully um, helpful to essentially put in place a simple certification that just showed people which those more fairly trained models would be. Um, So, yeah, it's really those conversations that led to this coming about.
1: And one of this company is Soundful, which generates songs for you in the genre you want. You can adjust the harmonies, also major or minor, the speed. And seconds later, there's your song. We know this from other generative AI companies. You will hear later in the show also the founder Dia El Al, who I had the chance to ask about their participation in Fairly Trained. Until then, a lot of the music will come from their AI. So let's talk a little bit more about Fairly Trained with Ed. What is it exactly?
2: Fairly Trained is a nonprofit that certifies generative AI companies for fairer practices around how they train their generative models. In particular, our first certification, which is called the licensed model certification, can be acquired by any generative AI company that has an AI model that is trained on work that does not go and take copyrighted work without consent. Um, So so we give a certification to those companies. We give a certification essentially to companies who go and license their training data instead of doing what has become the common practice among some of the bigger tech companies, which is scraping data using as much training data as they can find and doing so without any compensa- uh, any compensation to the rights holders behind that training data or any consent even from the rights holders. So what we do is we certify those AI companies if they get consent. And the, re- the reason we focus on consent is because we believe that as long as you have that stage of consent, you as a rights holder, let's say you're a large music rights holder, you have the chance to then negotiate the terms that work for you, which is and we think this should work.
1: I do hope the same thing, but I fear this will not happen anytime soon, unfortunately. And because of this, fairly trained is in my opinion a good step towards a solution but once we have maybe decided it is not okay to use music material without consent the question will come up how do we pay these people how much should an artist get if his or her let's say 100 songs are in a data set and a generative ai creates a song it is impossible to say how much influence a portion of music has in the dataset of millions of songs. In this context, the term fixed rates is something interesting to consider, I think. I have discussed this lately quite often with my friends. Let's say AI companies have to pay a yearly amount. This money is then distributed to the artists they use in the dataset. But as said, who gets what? My suggestion, my idea, as every song is tagged, with something like a description, a mood, a feeling, a genre, maybe it would make sense to distribute at the end of the year the money to the artists with hashtags which have been used the most to generate a song. We would have a top 100 hashtags. Each ranking would get some percentage of the whole which is then distributed to the musicians attached to those. Does that make sense? I know this is a very simple idea for a very complex problem and I'm sure once you dive into this more, there will be other problems. But we have to start somewhere. What do you think about this? Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? Do you think this will never happen? I'm always curious to know what you think. I'm interested in your ideas. You can reach out to me via mail that you will find on my homepage. Write me a mail if you have any ideas. Search for Dennis Kastrup, you will find me there. Let's come back to our problem with the use of music in data Fairly Trained is offering you a certification that gives the promise that you are using material that is trained only on data that is there with the consent of the musicians. And then you can put this as a logo on your homepage. But what is the process to get this logo?
2: The certification process involves a written submission. That's the core of the process. We give you as an organization a bunch of questions about your model and your training data to answer and you answer them and that includes listing your sources of training data it includes sharing information on any licenses to that training data that you have any links to public domain or creative commons data that you might be using as well Uh, and and on top of that we also ask for information about your processes to ensure that Uh, your own internal guidelines around training data are actually followed by your researchers, your engineers, and other people at your company. Um, So essentially, this is a trust-based exercise. We ask for a bunch of information from you. We take it confidentially. We don't share that with anyone. Um, We think that a trust-based system for certification works at this stage of where the generative AI industry is. In general, people are pretty open when they go and scrape data. Um, Mostly they're saying this publicly that it should be an acceptable thing in their minds. Um, So in general, you do have quite a big divide between the companies who go and scrape data and think it's fair use in the States, at least that's that's what it's referred to. um, And, you know, the companies who don't and go and license. And and so so we think the trust-based model works. We may update that in future, but right now it seems to be working pretty well. We've, you know, we have rejected some applications and I think the mark of any certifi- any good certification is that uh you know not not everyone passes um, so that's a good sign
1: there are many good things about fairly trained but one is they also have fair prices if you want to be part of it
2: there's a certification fee uh, it's there to cover our costs we're not a we're, we're not a profit making organization we're a non-profit um the fees are we try to keep them pretty low there's a Submission fee for everyone who applies. Like all companies who apply pay somewhere between $150 and $350 um, to submit. Um, and then, if you successfully get certified, then there's an annual certification fee that ranges from $3,000 to $6,000. You're then recertified annually. We we just check you haven't updated uh, your. You are the way you use training data in a way that would would mean you could no longer get certified. So there's that annual fee. Um, We think it's pretty reasonable um, and hopefully it just covers our costs, uh, which are relatively limited at the moment. I'm the only person working on this full time right now. Um, But, you know, we hope to expand and we hope this becomes a more important um, part of
1: the ecosystem. At Newton Rex about the pay model for fairly trained, which is clearly not aiming to make a lot of money. If it is not the money, What drives him to do this project? What is it?
2: I did it because I honestly, I just think it's really important. I think this I think right now is a very, very critical time for creators. Um, And I think we need, you know, I'd like more people to understand that there is a difference of approach here. It's not that everyone takes the approach that some of the larger AI companies do, you know, in exploiting creators work without consent like that. Not everyone does that. and. I think it's really important that consumers understand that. I think it's really important that companies who are using generative AI understand that. And I also think it's really really important that regulators, people writing the laws and, and making sure they're enforced, I, I think it's really important that they understand this as well. It's, it's tempting to sort of believe large AI companies when they say licensing is impossible. We can't license training data, but it's not true. Um, there are companies already doing this. I, I myself did this when I was at Stability AI uh, all these certified companies are doing this as well. And really the point of this is to show that it is possible. There is another way to do this. Um, I hope that we make as much impact as we can. Our, you know, My hopes for the future of this space are that we settle on a, on a middle ground where generative AI, which can be a very powerful technology and I'm a massive supporter of, where generative AI um, manages to have a very powerful future but it does so in a way where licensing training data is the norm. That's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, we won't achieve that on our own. Uh, it takes it takes lots and lots of different efforts, from you know lobbying to court cases to people building great products.
1: Uh, it takes all kinds of things, uh, but hopefully we can contribute to that in some small way. Talking about these companies, the ones taking part in Fairly Trained are currently Beethoven Point AI, Boomi, Bria AI. Endl, LiveScore, WritesFi, SomsPoint AI, Tune and Soundful. So if you are thinking about generating music the next time with an AI and you also want to think about the artists, use the just mentioned companies. No more remorse, just pure joy playing with the tool. The logo, by the way, looks like an F and another F turned upside down next to each other. A quality seal, maybe a bit like the ones you know in supermarkets when you buy coffee. You see it and you know that you are supporting good working conditions. One of the companies I just mentioned is Soundful, an AI music generator which I tried out and from which some of the music from this episode comes from, like this one. I'm a kid of pop. I used the prompts emotional pop in F minor. Pretty good, I think. I was impressed. I wanted to know more from Dia Elal, co founder and CEO of Soundful. So, how exactly Soundful uses its data?
0: So we took a little bit of a different approach. My background uh, grew up classically trained pianist, uh, studied sound engineering and music production. I was a sound designer and a designer, and then after that, I was a touring artist, DJ, producer. I was signed to some la- major labels, other labels out in Europe, uh, into dance music world, and then went the entrepreneur route. Um, and then that ended, resulted into Soundful about seven years later, where Soundful came about. And uh, we took a little bit of a different approach. We took an approach of training our models on music theory rules. So the same way you teach an artist or um, a musician how to play an instrument, uh, build different models mimicking the human way of playing an instrument, guitar, different from piano, from drums, et cetera. And second, our sounds are, we've developed it in-house, we've acquired libraries. Uh, as well as we hire contractors, sound designers to sample them in a very specific way to hit certain thresholds uh, that we would require for our models. Uh, so everything that we've done is we've built it in-house, um, as well as when the other side of the company is when we're working with the artists or producers or labels rights holders, we build the models uh, that will mimic or bottle the artist's sonic DNA We work with them hand in hand, building that model. Even though Soundful builds the model, it's actually we took a little bit of a different approach of the artist or the rights holder owns it, even though we build it and we have the rights to use it for them to monetize on it. And actually they share majority of uh, the revenue from it.
1: Of course, I also ask Thea what he thinks about Fairly Trained.
0: I think it's the absolutely best step uh, moving forward. There is the problem right now with, you know, I would say the world in general, is that every part of the world has their own rules and views on AI. And some here in the US, they're saying, hey, if it's fully generative, you cannot copyright it and there is rights issues. Um, you know, taking, taking aside the the whole scraping data and all of that stuff, that's a whole different, you know, discussion, but, uh, just the views and some places in Europe, they're saying, no, if, if it's generative AI and the AI as a user created it, then, um, I can own the copyright for it. So I think really fairly trained did a really nice job of really merging or taking the first leap forward of where let's just first solve the problem of is this ethically trained and it's doing it the right ways and protecting the the rights holder Um, other than just looking at what is copyrightable or not, what is the output, if the output is good or not, that doesn't matter. Let's just look at the core of the foundation of all of these generative companies and are they doing ethically or not. And by doing that first step, actually, that opens up doors and makes it easier when you're having company like talking with the major labels or social platforms or even CPG brands or gaming companies it really brings in saying, hey there is some people that already did the work and looked into what is really in your in your build that has done fairly or not And that should be the first really check mark for working with any companies. you've done this right you have the right data sets. okay let's proceed forward with the next step of the discussion, not necessarily getting a deal done, but just the next step of the discussion. And that's actually before talking with Ed and um, and Furley Train, working with the labels and working with the artists, the first question is like, what data sets did you use to train? The sounds, do you have the rights for these sounds? Um, That was always the first step, so it's really nice to see somebody taking the leap, you know, the first leap of faith and saying, hey guys, it's a nonprofit. I'm going to do this to make sure just people are doing it the right way of protecting the rights holder, which is right away when Ed reached out and, and presented that to me, and I was like, I'll be the first person to raise my hand and be a part of this.
1: So, if you want to be part of this as a user you can of course take a look now each time when you use a generative ai if that logo of fairly trained is in there but on the other hand one important thing is also that we talk about it just like now it is so easy to just click online on some buttons and then let magically music appear but this magic is based on artworks and musicians and we have to talk about this and I'm not sure if everybody out there knows this.
0: There is a lot of the majority of the people now, like as users, um, they just don't care. And it is, it's its actually, it's our job. Anybody that is building that technology or somebody like early train, it's our job to, to educate the market and educate the users that you should care for the people that don't care. And that's why having something like fairly trained and saying, hey guys, we're, you know, we're certified by fairly trained. Well, what does that mean? And and write about it and read about it. Why is that very important to you to protect what you are creating and using moving forward? But there's a lot of people who don't think of it that way. And it's our responsibility first to protect the rights holders. And second is to educate the users also that it's coming from the right place. And you should be looking out for that. And that hasn't been just a testament given, you know, Chad GPT or given Dolly and, and you know Mid and all of the other.
1: But it does not only lie in the hands of the users, of course the players in the fields who also work with AI companies have to be aware of what is going on there.
0: My hopes is that when companies are vetting other companies to collaborate and partner with is that should be the first thing that they look at. Um, that's that's one. As a, as a really the stamp of like approval, like that these guys are doing it right. And then by doing that then that forces other companies that maybe are not doing it the right way to maybe rethink the way that they're doing it and redevelop their you know their process or give really the, the rights holders their rights and the shares of what they're using as you know as open trained or like you know fair use. Um, so that's really my hope is that this is a step forward that companies should really think long and hard that there is a way that the technology advancements and the rights holders um, it is possible and it is doable to for them to meet kind of at an intersection and it's not just always like black or white.
1: Perfect last words for this episode of the Iliac Suite. There is hope but we should not let it die. Which means use artificial intelligence responsibly and change will apply. In other words, we all have the power to change things if we take actions and right now is the time because all is so new and fresh that we can still form the future if you like this episode i would be happy if you start following the iliac suite on any streaming platform so you know when a new episode will be out feel free to reach out to me you will find all the information online where to contact me i am heading out for south by southwest in some days drop me a line if you want to meet me there that's it thanks again Ed and dia for talking to me take care and behave